Little check swing, and for the first time in 12 years, the Chicago Cubs have a postseason victory. They win the wild card game, blanking the Pirates 4-0. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stew Pod, where we are talking about the NLDS that is approaching in MLB postseason. I am Mike Oz. And I am Chris Wick. I threw you off a little bit there with the intro, didn't I, Chris? I you did not. Out. I'm on top of my game, man. I'm like Jake Arrieta out here. Oh, unstoppable Jake Arrieta. <laughs> so, uh, as, as you probably know if you're a baseball fan, the Chicago Cubs are going to the NLDS. They uh, shut out the Pittsburgh Pirates. Second year in a row, the Pirates got knocked out of the wild card. And you kind of have to feel bad for him a little bit, don't you, Chris? Well, when you go up against Jake Arrieta, who's the hottest pitcher on the planet, and then in the previous year they went up against Madison Bumgarner, who everybody knew was excellent, but nobody kind of knew at the time that he was about to go on this historic postseason run. I just, if you're a Pirates fan, that probably doesn't make you feel any better that you lost, but, I mean, come on. Those are impossible guys to hit especially on those nights and tough tough luck though but we're not here about to talk about the pirates unfortunately pirates this is not a podcast for you you are not included in the nlds podcast uh, but we are here to talk about the matchups uh our, our instant reactions to the, to the series that are coming soon and uh we'll start with the one that most people are going to be talking about because it's brand new the cardinals and the cubs a good old nl central um division foes and and not just that but Hardcore rivals, these two teams and these two fan bases do not like each other. So for that purpose, I think it's uh, a wonderful postseason matchup. I, 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 yeah. I, I enjoy beef and conflict, so um, I'm all about you know two rivals playing each other in the postseason. Um, it, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be close. Uh, Chris, as we did in the last podcast, we broke down the the ALDS series, and if you haven't listened to that one, people go go check that out. Uh, let's start by breaking down some some of the major storylines here. So I feel like there's a lot of different places you can go with this. You mentioned already, these are two division opponents. Pretty sure it's the first time they've ever played each other in the playoffs, so that's kind of awesome. You have the old guard, so to speak, in the Cardinals uh, going up against this new young upstart Cubs team. You feel like you know they're going to compete for this division title for a number of years, and you're kind of wondering if maybe... You know, this is the Cubs' first opportunity to maybe take them over. I think you also have a lot of the Cardinals' injuries, so they kind of limped down the stretch. Um, they lost a couple key guys, Carlos Martinez being a huge one against the Cubs, who were one of the hottest teams down the stretch, uh, really made a play for that top wild card spot in the National League. It seems like they are just coming into the season scorching hot while the Cardinals, it seems like a lot of their fans were just kind of happy to, to survive through September. Which is kind of funny when you consider they won the most exactly. games in baseball, right? But I think a lot of people are going to be looking at them as an underdog. Um, I do also think it's interesting that game one we get John Lester versus John Lackey. I think that's that's just kind of a, a fun baseball coincidence, you know, those two guys who... Um, you know, former teammates, right? Yeah, yeah former yeah. teammates with the Red Sox. Um, so I think you know that's just uh, kind of a fun goofy thing, um, but I think I think we're going to see some some heated uh, 
some heated rival rival stuff. I hope that you know I liked in the in the wild card game. I liked sort of the, some of the shenanigans that the fans did. You know, mm-hmm. I, I liked the Cubs fan who went and, and rearranged the sign in Pittsburgh. I liked uh, you know the Pirates trying to trying to rattle Jake Arrieta, who was obviously unrattleable. Um, but you know, I, I like that these NL Central teams get into it like that. So I hope that uh, I hope we don't see anything bad, obviously. But I hope we see like some fun uh, some fun stuff between the fan bases and and whatnot. I think that could be. That could be good for baseball, you know. I think I like things that are good for baseball that are fun and, and of course lighthearted and, and not mean and horrible. Well, and I also feel like you mentioned Lester's going to start Game One. I think what everyone remembers from last season was his pickoff issues in that one-game playoff against the Royals. So if this series gets deep enough, he has to pitch two games. I'm just I'm wondering if the Cardinals are going to try and take advantage of that too. I mean that again. That could become a, a huge storyline for the Cubs during the playoffs. They could, they could, and the, you know, kind of storylines on the other side too. You know, do we know? We're not, we're not sure what's up with Yachty, right? We're not sure what's up with Yachty or Molina, it's so true. that that could impact the way the Cubs play. Uh, we could see more running from their end. Um, I think there, there's a lot of stuff here that that could be interesting, and I mean, I think what you saw tonight, you saw a Cubs team that can hit the ball like crazy, and I think if you're if you're a Cardinals fan. Um, you're not looking at this like these are these Cubs that you beat up, you know, for the last few years. Like this is a different, this is a different Cubs. This is Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber. You know, this is Dexter Fowler who had a great game mm-hmm. tonight. And um, you know, Anthony Rizzo. You know, we haven't even really talked about him, but he's of course very good. Uh, so uh, you know, the Cubs, the Cubs have a dangerous lineup. I would say uh, you know a more dangerous lineup than than uh, the Cardinals. I think what it comes down to is pitching and. We talked about Jake Arrieta, and we said how you know he's obviously kind of otherworldly in the second half. He was great in the first game of the postseason. But this is my question: in a five-game series, realistically, after pitching him in the wild card, you can only go to him once, um, unless they're going to do something crazy. I saw that Joe Madden said tonight that his pitch count was infinity, which I thought was funny. But right. um, I, I mean, he's not going to pitch him on two days rest, right? I mean, so I think you're only going to get Arrieta once. So if if they're only pitching Jake Arrieta once. Can the can the Cubs win? Does the rest of the rotation have have what it takes to to win win a five game series if he's only pitching once? Well, I I think so, but I, I think it's mainly because I don't know how much I trust that Cardinals rotation either. I mean, John Lackey, game one starter, that doesn't do much for me. Lance Lynn, I know he continues to put up these exceptional seasons, and maybe he's a little bit underrated. Um, you know, Michael Waka, I I do like. There's just kind of the issue of him throwing so many innings this year and you kind of worry about him breaking down. So I feel like you compare the two rotations and you're going to get Lester probably for two games and Arietta for one. Then I don't know, maybe Kyle Hendricks or Jason Hamill. And Jason that other Hamill. Game. That, that, that instills confidence right there. Well, give know, me Jason Ham- Hamill in game four. The Hamill thing is weird because he goes through these stretches with the Cubs where he is excellent and unhittable. And it seems like the last couple of years, he's just kind of broke down in the second half. So I feel like Kendricks probably gets the nod. He's not my favorite guy, but again, the, the Cardinals are counting on John Lackey for Game One, and that that <laughs> makes me nervous as well. Well, let's uh, let's get to the point where we make some predictions because that's always fun. And uh, it's, it sounds like I know where you're going, so I'm just gonna let you say it. I'm going with the Chicago Cubs in five games. Five games down to the wire. Yes, sir. So you're seeing a, a game five that would be like a. Um, would probably be a, well. Would it be a Lester or would it be like a Kyle Hendricks and? It would probably be Hendricks. Yeah, there you go. Or 
Or Arietta throws like two innings. Madden goes with a bullpen game. Oh, does the Bumgarner. That'd be insane. Fernando Rodney like doing arrows in the sixth inning. Exactly. I, I would like I would like to see that actually. Sixth inning yeah. arrows from Fernando Rodney. <laughs> um I I I know I'm probably gonna go against a lot of people. I feel like the Cubs are gonna be a popular pick, but I, I think that you know they're inexperienced. If they had Arietta going twice, I, I would be all about the Cubs, but they don't. Um I, I'm feeling I'm feeling the Cardinals here. The Cardinals, you know, they won a hundred games, and, and we can discount them all we want for all the reasons that, that about them that aren't sexy, and, and you know, because they don't have Chris Bryant or they don't have Joe Madden and, and all this stuff. But I mean, they were a good team, and they found ways to win throughout injuries. Um, it seemed like all year, you know, they were getting handed one bad card after another. Um, Adam Wainwright's around. I mean. Do we do we think that maybe at some point they'll they'll start him? I mean, or, or you know, do something crazy where they let him pitch for you know do the mad bum thing with him, let him pitch three or four innings or something? Or I don't know. I, I feel like they have some options there. So um, overall, I I guess I feel more confident about the Cardinals than I do about the Cubs right now. And, and maybe I'm silly. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe the Cubs are going to win the World Series. In fact, the future was right. But um, I guess in, until I see the Cardinals fall, I'm, I'm going Cardinals. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I feel like this is a, a really a matchup of two very evenly matched teams, so I, I don't really see um, a favored either way. I think in the in the other one, it's also a very nice matchup. In the other NLDS, uh, the Dodgers and the Mets, great because it's L.A. and New York, great because we have some wonderful pitching, um, great because you have you know kind of two teams that or teams that every baseball fan knows. I mean, even if you're not a baseball fan, you know the Dodgers and the Mets, you know. So it kind of brings like that that ubiquity around, you know, there's stars, there's big cities. Um I think I think that just adds a level of intrigue. Plus, you know, we have some stuff on the line there with the Dodgers being a team that um have disappointed and the Mets being a team that, you know, have surprised, but like can they surprise in the postseason? Um I probably just stole the thing you were going to say there, and I'm sorry, but maybe you did. Um, <laughs> what what other what other storylines do you see in the series? Well, obviously Matt Harvey, innings limits, missing workouts. He is going to be a huge part of this series, even if he only pitches one game. Uh, I think, like you said, you know, you're going to be looking at the Dodgers, who have spent all this money the last two seasons, have been and have been viewed as a disappointment when it comes to the playoffs. Um, you know, with the Mets, there's, despite the fact that they've been so good this year, there's always kind of that, that sense among their fans that they're just going to Mets the whole thing up. So I feel like that's kind of lurking in the background. And I think also, uh, the, the rosters have not been announced yet as far as I know, but I, I believe it's been rumored that Yasiel Puig is going to be on the Dodgers roster and that's. A pretty big surprise. I don't think people were expecting him to be back from this hamstring injury. And what's so he going to be like, right? I mean, that's exactly. The, you know, I mean, if he's, you know, Yasiel Puig at eighty percent, is that worth playing over the other options? I, I don't know. He certainly doesn't have the gusto that he did, you know, last year. And remember, they sat him out of that that playoff game last year too, at the at the end. So, I mean, I'll be curious. I think it makes him a very interesting character. Um, but they have a lot of decisions with that roster, you know. Are they going to go, are they going to hand it to Corey Seager? Uh, which, to me, I, I guess I kind of feel like they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they how they, how they, they put it together. And I don't know that Don Mattingly is as daring as, 
you know, like what we saw with Joe Madden tonight where he just totally, you know, tinkered with his lineup and, and right. you know, put these people in different positions. And um, I don't know. I think the, the Dodgers kind of have the roster that they can do some creative stuff, but I don't know if they will. But I guess that's something to watch out for, how they construct their roster and their lineup. Um, my question I want to throw to you on this one, because we talked about Kershaw, we talked about Matt Harvey. I think both of them have something to prove. Both of them are, are interesting guys in, in this. Um, which one would you say, you know, going into the series, who has more to prove, Clayton Kershaw or Matt Harvey? So I feel like it's Clayton Kershaw, and I guess I should preface all this by saying I don't think his postseason criticism is necessarily deserved, but if he goes out and just has an awful first game, um, all of those people are just going to get louder and even though I still think three poor games is probably a really awful sample to judge this guy on, considering what he's done in all his other games. Um, you know, he starts to put more of these poor starts on paper in the postseason, and those detractors get louder, and it's harder to, to kind of drown them out. So I feel like, you know, Harvey, people are concerned about the innings limit thing, and he's probably going to be an easy target if he struggles. But I think you can always kind of go back on to that and be like, well, look, he threw a ton of innings. He was kind of gutting it out. So I feel like there's a lot less pressure on him. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I, I think Kershaw is far more under the microscope. Um, I think if he... You think he's a playoff choker? He just can't pitch in the big situation? No, I, I don't think that. I, but, I, but I do think that... But I do think you get that rep. I mean, I see why he has that rep because people don't necessarily, you know, take everything into account. I mean, they just they just see... Oh, he lost that game. He lost this game in the playoffs. He must not be that good. You know, they're not looking at it like like we do. Um, I mean, I think this is more of a, you know, very much like skimming off the the top kind of opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just kind of looking at the the very big angles there to say that. And so I think that it's not warranted, but I think it is every bit a uh, a reputation that that he has, fair or not. And uh, you know, they're playing the Mets, so if if the Mets come out and they Hammer Kershaw. I mean, it's going to be all over the tabloid back pages. I mean, you know, they're gonna they're gonna play it up as as big as they can. I mean, you know, the internet's gonna have a blast with it. So, um, you know, we're probably gonna see like a vine of of Sean Rodriguez punching Clayton Kershaw. You know, a bunch of times like that will probably happen. Just you know, I think I think people yeah. love to see uh, people love to see people who are you know anointed as as one of the greatest. They love to see them fail. So. Exactly. And, uh, well, and I, I feel like, I can't remember if this happened last year or the, the prior season, but there was that game where Don Manningly basically left Kershaw in because the bullpen was so awful and he couldn't depend on anybody. The Dodgers' bullpen is not very good this year. So that same scenario could play out all over again. Yeah. Where Kershaw just has to keep going deep into the game, even though he's clearly out of gas. And they don't even have Matt Latos there to be like the <laughs> exactly your, your, your reliever. Matt Latos, man. Um, so let's make some predictions. I think uh, I think we've we've covered a lot of the finer points that we can discuss. So I I, I know where I'm going on this one. And if you if you pay attention to Yahoo Sports and see other stuff, you've I, I've kind of played my hand on this in other in other videos and, and other areas where I'm giving opinions. But uh, Chris, I you know I don't know I don't know where you're going. So what do you got? I'm gonna go with. The Los Angeles Dodgers in five games. There you go. And I am uh, totally copying you and doing the exact same thing. Yep. 
except for I'm not copying you because I put it in a video yesterday. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the Dodgers. I think I think this is the year for Kershaw. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna step it up. I, I, I kind of feel like he had that you know early kind of sluggish start, and he's just in his head like, yeah, I'm gonna kick everybody's ass in September, in October. You know, like I don't care about May anymore. You know, I don't care about April. And I kind of feel like that's how the, I've, I've said this probably ten times on the podcast now. But I kind of feel like that's how the Dodgers hopefully are. You know, because they've been kind of disappointing. So. I feel like we're going to kind of see them um, play at a different level, you know, once once they're in the postseason. I think they're, I think they're they're a team that could that could function well in a short series, and um, I like the Dodgers in five. And I don't want to give anything away with upcoming prediction posts or podcasts that we're going to do, but I so badly want to see Kershaw and Grinky go up against that Blue Jays offense. <laughs> I so badly want to see that happen. Well, I think that's what a lot of people want. <laughs> um, speaking of future podcasts, though, we uh, we do have our, our normal weekly stew pod coming out uh, this week with Curtis Granderson of the Mets. So I think that was a fun discussion. You can look forward to that. And uh, our friends at Grand Stadnet are doing some uh, baseball podcasts. They talked Frank Thomas. I know Chris is jealous as a um, Chicago is it Chicagoan Chicagoan sure Chicagoan that works. Do you drink Big Hurt beer? I have never had it actually. Okay. Like Carlos Correa, you've never had. Beer, we've never had big hurt beer. I've never had big hurt beer, and I haven't <laughs> heard great things, but I would still gladly drink one. Um, so they, they had him, they had me on this week. So check out the Grand Sandy podcast, and you can check out all the other Yahoo Sports podcasts at yahoosportspodcast.tumblr.com. We have like six or seven of them now. Uh, StuPod, of course, we were, I would say we were at least like the first wave. So uh, we're not the OGs, but we are, we, we were there when the OGs were, you know, OG in it. So. I think that's all we got for tonight. We'll have another one of these uh, when the next batches of series are, are, are made up. And we'll have our normal, regular podcast, too. So stay on the lookout for all those. And uh, what should the people do on iTunes, Chris? I always forget what they should do. I think they should rate and review us. Oh, yeah. We, I'm not above pandering for five stars. So give us uh, your five-star review and uh, leave us a nice comment. Sounds good. This is the Stew Pod. We'll... Uh, be back soon. Thanks for listening. We say what's happening. We say the facts and then they lie.